All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into our first game preview episode of 2020 of uh, of the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Biscaglia. With me, as always, my co-host, Matthew Fairburn. Uh, we are of The Athletic, and thank you for listening to us, whether you're on The Athletic Podcast Network or on listening through iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever free service uh, you are going through. Thanks for listening. And, of course, the Bills are taking on the New York Jets at Bills Stadium. It will be the first game of the season. Now, Matthew and I are recording this on Friday morning, so we have both seen football actually happen last night when the Chiefs tore through the Houston Texans. But but now it's just a matter of trying to figure out what this Bills-Jets game is going to look like and certainly taking kind of a bigger picture approach on it as well. So Matthew Fairburn, I, I think I think the uh, the biggest topic amongst Bills fans right now is that the expectations for this franchise is the highest that I have seen it since covering the team starting in 2010. It feels like it's the highest expectations since... Maybe the year after they got close to the playoffs, uh, when they lost to the Steelers' backups back in 2004, um, it it feels like th- the expectations for this team are sky high. But I also found it interesting too that Brandon Bean set the the marker as winning the division as opposed to something higher than that. So I don't know. What what are your thoughts on on the expectations and and where this this thing actually is for the Bills right now? Yeah, I would say the only time I can remember since I started covering the team in 2014, the expectations even approaching anything like this was the week after they beat the Colts in Rex Ryan's first season. Now preseason, those expectations weren't close to what these are, but after they beat the Colts, the Colts were tabbed as like a Super Bowl type team that year. It turned out Andrew Luck wasn't fully himself. But after that game, people were dreaming about that, you know, Bills team being something special. And this is a similar feeling, but the buildup has been all offseason leading up to this this week one game. And they're getting the national attention. They're getting a lot of people picking them to win the division and a lot of people picking them to be a surprise team. It's getting to the point where if, you know, if there's a a, a pundit out there that doesn't predict them to, to win 10 games, win the division and win a playoff game, that that person is, um, you know, the outlier. Uh, and, you know, like Sports Illustrated picked them to go below 500 uh, I think Peter King didn't have them winning the division and there's, you know, people that are up in arms. So that tells you everything you need to know about what people locally expect from this team and really what a lot of people nationally expect. And, you know, it's interesting you bring up Brandon Bean's comments because I, I think in a lot of ways, NFL teams, players, coaches, um, you know, there's been players on the Bills this offseason that have mentioned the Super Bowl and, you know, championships. And I think when you get to a certain point as a team, that's what you're looking at. But there's also a tendency from some to say, look, it starts with winning the division. You know, you and I you hear that message around the league a lot. It starts with winning the division, then you get a home playoff game, and that's the best path to a Super Bowl. And so it's a, a one step at a time type of approach. But what Brandon Bean said a few times 
during his availability after roster cutdowns was time will tell. Uh, he, he used that phrase a few different times in mm-hmm. regards to decisions that they've made, uh, you know, extending certain players. Time will tell if we've got the right pieces. And when talking about the kicker, time will tell if we made the right decision. So there is, you know, I don't want to say uncertainty, uh, but there is a, a healthy it, it feels like a little bit of nerves, right? A little bit of, uh, you know, butterflies heading into a season like this because the expectations have been raised so much that time will tell, right? Like t- this time in 2020, this season will tell a lot about what they've built and and the, the ceiling that they could reach. I think we all know they've built a team that can compete. They built a team that can get to the playoffs and, and can reach a certain point. They've built a very talented roster what we're going to find out is how how far that roster can go. Um, you know, what heights can this team reach? And we're going to start to find that out. There's not going to be any more, you know, oh, well, we're going to build this and roll it into next year. You know, th- there's not any more of that. They've reached the point as a team where the expectation from fans and from some around the league and, and some uh, that cover the league, you know, nationally is that, this is a team that that will win games and compete in the conference, not just in the division. Yeah, and the the nerves part of it has is especially interesting because to this point, I mean, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, they've been playing with house money. <laughs> I mean, hundred percent. You couldn't be comfier, yeah, right? You're that, just sitting that, there and building for the long term. You know, oh, right? Kicking he, the can he, down the road. <laughs> he got the chance to completely rip down a roster, do anything he wanted and and draft whoever he wanted and sign whoever he wanted, but now he's at a spot where each decision he makes will have a ramification on one or two other decisions. And and especially with a a cap reduced year coming up next year, uh, I think every single decision he makes has to be carefully considered about what what is going forward. But now the expectation part of it is humongous. I mean, this is no longer is it okay for them just to make it to the playoffs. It It's easier for them to make it to the playoffs this year because there is a seventh playoff team in 2020 and moving forward. So it's quite, it's quite a big thing for them for to A, win the division like they're talking about, and B, get this uh, get this monkey off their back of never winning a playoff game since 1995. Coincidentally, both droughts, uh, if we'll call it that, um, I, I think it, it's a fair term. I know that it's triggering some. Yeah, it's a it's a trigger word for for fans. But it will have reached 25 years if the Bills do not do so. Uh, win a playoff game or win the AFC East. It happened in the same year, so this is this is a big season for them. And it always feels like, I mean, we can always see this from afar because usually the Bills weren't in this discussion. But there's always every single year in the NFL, there's always this one chic pick uh, of a team that just ends up flopping like crazy. I mean, I. I remember, I think it, last year, the Bears were were kind of that Last thing year, it's got to be the Browns, right? Well, the Browns, too. I mean, the, the Bears had kind of equal 
equal expectations because of their really good season. And then the Browns were the chic pick because they had this tremendous roster and ascending quarterback, everything like that. The Browns Baker's on the cover of all the magazines, right? Exactly. You know, he's the guy OBJ, uh, you know, they bring in all these, uh, all these different pieces. Uh, People were all over the Browns now, obviously different, you know, situations uh, and everything else, but you're right. There's always a team that is that, that trendy pick. That doesn't that work flops. out. I mean, this is yes. a this is a weird league, and it's going to be a particularly weird league this year. So, it's what makes it's got to be a fun feeling, I think, for Bills fans. Uh, not the idea that they could be that team, right, that flops, but the the nervousness that comes with it, the the butterflies that come with opening day and and each game, knowing that this team has serious potential. It's an unfamiliar feeling, mm-hmm. like you said. Usually. As a Bills fan, you're going into the season sort of with house money. It's like, man, if they, this team is good, that'd be that'd be cool. But <laughs> nobody ever expects it. Now that you expect it, there's a different uh, feeling and emotion that comes with being a fan of a team that has, you know, expectations of doing some some seriously good things. Because then there's the inherent chance of massive disappointment, and you know, Bills fans haven't had to deal with a whole lot of that. I mean, they've dealt with the, disappointment, just not this. Yes, brand, they have not this brand of disappointment, <laughs> right? Not the, not the full off season build up to expectations to where they, uh, where people think that they should win the division. I mean, it seems ripe for the taking, right? I mean, Miami is still um, trying to build up their thing right now. And in a, a shortened off season where they weren't able to get a lot of work to get that cohesiveness Seems like they're probably a year from really being making some noise. The Jets just seem like a mess from the outside, even still. I mean, the the GM seems like he's got uh, a good head on his shoulders and he's building some things well. But you know, the Adam Gase is just kind of a nightmare over there. And then the Patriots seems like it's the in between year for them to where we don't know what they're going to be. It's always tough to replace a legend like Tom Brady. Um, will Cam Newton end up working out? Will that defense be anywhere close to what they were last year because of all the pieces that they lost in the offseason? Uh, I mean, the, those are legitimate questions to where people are looking at the Bills and going, okay, well, well, yeah, obviously, this is the year. This is the year to capitalize. So that disappointment, I mean, we, we saw a, a certain amount of disappointment. I keep going back to 2011 just because when they started off so well and beat the Patriots at home for the first time in forever and – um, then there were like the sky was the limit at that point with that that plucky Bills team, and then all for naught because they ended up going six and ten on the season, which was just an epic disappointment for for fans, I'm sure. But when when you have this level of expectation, it uh, it 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 certainly it's it's not a nice feeling if you aren't totally confident from a fan perspective, I would assume. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of a weird spot for people. I, I don't know that they know how to feel right now. And if you do good for you, because, uh, the, because I think you're kind of in, in the minority because it just hasn't, hasn't happened in Buffalo in a while. And it's, you know, from our perspective, I think it's going to be pretty fun to see how it um, uncovers itself this year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are are riding the wave, right? You know, you're you're kind yeah, of riding the to, high right? of a, a good off season of all the positive talk, and uh, I, I think there is 
it's a lot more fun, I would imagine, to be a fan of this type of team than you know some of the other teams uh, heading into other years. You're, you, you've got every Sunday or you know Monday and Thursday in a few cases for the Bills is going to mean something. And, you know, we'll have uh, implications for, for the bigger picture. And I think that's that's a, a different spot. And, and it's one where, you know, the other thing about this this team is that, you know, with the probably the exception of some of these division games, uh, those are probably the, the lousiest games on the schedule. But outside of that, you've got legitimately tough teams almost on a weekly basis. I mean, we'll see what... It's always hard to tell heading into a season who's going to be good, who won't be good, how how tough is a schedule. But uh, on the surface, the AFC West and the NFC West uh, present some some big time opportunities for just, uh, you know, major games, uh, you know, where the league is going to be watching what's happening uh, in Buffalo and with the Bills. You've got the Rams, the Raiders, the Titans and the Chiefs in weeks three, four, five and six. I mean, that is a stretch of games where people will be paying attention. Uh, you know, a game in Vegas at Tennessee, uh, the defending Super Bowl champs at home, and they looked every bit like uh, a team that could repeat as Super Bowl champs. So, um, you know, maybe a little bit of a slow start to the schedule with the Jets and the Dolphins, but it takes off after that. You got those four games, then they travel to play the Jets. Then they've got the Patriots, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals, who look like they could be a bit of an upstart team. So getting to the bye week, uh, there's there's not too many easy weeks uh, ahead for this team. Right. Um, it really seems like the the easiest games on their schedule might, might just be in the division. The Jets and the Dolphins, which work to their favor uh, just because they play each of those teams twice. But then you, you chuck in the Chargers. I, I don't know that the Chargers are going to be in a in a great spot this year. Could be wrong, but you know it seems like they're kind of in an in between year as well. And then you know the Broncos are you know took a a pretty significant hit to their defense when Von Miller was out, and they've got the young quarterback. So maybe maybe that's a spot to pick on. But all, all these other games, I mean, the Titans are still going to be really good ball possession. They're they're just going to try and punch you in the mouth that's that's basically their their uh, cup of tea just and got Jadavian Clowney too so yeah, that's true Doesn't hurt. Um, the Steelers are going to be way better this year uh, I think the Steelers could contend in the AFC this year quite honestly with that defense and if Ben Roethlisberger gets even 90 percent of what he once was I think this that that's a team that could do some damage. And then you mentioned the NFC West too. The NFC West is going to be so much fun to watch every single week because they have four teams that all have a legitimate claim to the throne in in that division. I mean, the Rams might be the worst of the bunch and the Rams have some of the best talent in the NFL, which is just absolutely ridiculous to think about. Seattle has Russell Wilson that is probably going to have to overcompensate like he always does um, for, for some of their losses on defense. This is just, the schedule is going to be tough. So the bills are going to have to earn every bit of this, especially with how these teams are setting up. And, and yeah, the, the, the expectations within the building, outside the building, you know, there's gotta be a little bit of nervousness there. I mean, you, you pointed it out perfectly with how being kind of laid it out, you know, time will tell all of these, all of these different times that he said it, he's just, 
he wants to see what this what this season's going to look like because he's never been in this position before. Sure, he's ripped down rosters and been a part of that. He's been in the second chair of uh, uh, of a team, but it's never been his baby. Uh, it's never been his whole operation where he gets to see the fruits of his labor come out into uh, into a season like this one where they are convincingly ahead of uh, of a lot of all the other teams in the division um, from a national perspective. Now it's time to put up and and show that this is actually a team. This is what good teams have to do. They have to be able to fly through the expectations and successfully win despite those expectations and then turn themselves into a contending team for championships, not just divisions, championships, which has been always uh, said to be their goal. So we'll see if they get anywhere close to that this year. There's two guys left on this team that weren't brought in by Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Jerry Hughes and Reed Ferguson? Jerry Hughes and Reed Ferguson. Oh, yes. That is, this is their team. This is what they built towards and what they were building for. They they've had some some bumps along the way, but they're they've arrived at a point where, um, you know, as as Sean McDermott said last year, it's built. You know, they they've they got it turned around, um, and now it's about like you said, entering that next phase of managing expectations, and you know, being able to to contend with tough teams on a weekly basis. And that is a a thing that is not easy to do. And it's not to say that the Bills got where they did last year because of a lousy schedule, but it helped them grow. It helped a team that hadn't been there before figure out, you know, what it was early in the season uh, and kind of hit a good point, um, you know, around Thanksgiving um, when they really started to get rolling. So, They'll have a little bit of that luxury in the first couple of weeks, I think, to figure out, you know, get their their sea legs against the Jets and the the Dolphins. But after that, it, it picks up a little bit. It, it's, you know, we're going to figure out a lot about these other teams and how tough this schedule is, but it definitely looks, looks pretty tough on paper. So now it transitions into week one and kind of what uh, what the Bills might be be looking at with this team. Um, uh, and what they're what they're uh, potentially going to see in Week One, how they can uh, take advantage of a Jets team that looks pretty down. So we're gonna dive headfirst into the matchup in uh, in just a moment. But first, a message from our sponsors. Now is the time to celebrate. Football is indeed back. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of this weekend's action with over $8 million up for grabs across all of their contests. To kick off the season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit when you use code RUN during sign-up. Get in on the action now. All you have to do is draft your lineup and feel... The sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more with a DraftKings lineup. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar top prize. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. So 
What you have to do, download the DraftKings app now and use code RUN. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and compete for over $8 million in prizes across all contests. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code RUN to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code RUN only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, let's get into this Jets matchup, Matthew, because this... uh, I don't know that it's it's a really tough one to prepare for. I'm sure even from from our perspective to know exactly what the Jets are. You know, obviously I went and read up on everything that Connor Hughes, our Jets reporter at uh, at the Athletic, has written over the past couple of weeks, trying to figure out what this roster is, where where their difficulties were in training camp, the injuries they're facing, all the different issues. And, and he gave a pretty good rundown on that. But but then trying to figure out, going to actually watch some of these guys play, it's just a disjointed exercise where, you know, they have all of these different pieces on their offensive line that, that they signed and drafted and uh, to bring to bring in to try and be a cohesive unit after three weeks. Um, and then all of these different defensive pieces, it's just... It's it's a it's a weird thing to prepare for, but I think for me the one thing that that stood out more than anything is just how weak this defense is compared to what it was last year. The Jets' defense, that is, and when you um, when you see the, the specific losses, uh, you know their, their cornerbacks have have not been great. Um, they traded away Jamal Adams, C.J. Mosley opted out of the season. Uh, you know those those last two names that I mentioned are humongous losses and and game changing losses for how uh, for how the Bills might end up going against them. So uh, I'm I'm very interested to see how Brian Dable is going to attack this this Jets defense. You know, I, I think uh, the the entire addition of Stefan Diggs and having John Brown there. I think attacking their their cornerbacks Pierre Desir and uh, Bless Swan Austin, one of the best names in the NFL, by the way. Um, I think attacking them in the intermediate area, trying to get separation in that area, do more timing throws to get Josh Allen and and Stephon Diggs and John Brown going, and really highlight what Allen was best at last year. I think that is the best recipe for success. And if they start hitting on that early on, then I, I think there's a there's a big chance that uh, this this uh, this thing could go pretty well on Sunday for the Bills. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of excuses out there for this offense not to hit the ground running. Uh, you know, unlike I, I think the early part of the season favors offense. Uh, you know, in an off season like this one where teams haven't been tackling as much as they normally would and they haven't had preseason games, um, it you know you saw last night the Chiefs had no problem moving the ball. Uh, on the Texans and the Texans defense took a step back from last year, probably a little bit uh, on paper, but still, I, I think, you know, when the offense is dictating the game, uh, it makes it harder on the defense uh, in a lot of ways. And I would expect the results early in the season to, to favor offense a, a little bit. And particularly when, you know, the, the jets have lost the players that you mentioned uh, the bills, Meanwhile, added Stephon Diggs, added Zach Moss, added Gabriel Davis. 
and otherwise are returning essentially the same group with the same coordinator, uh, they shouldn't have as much of a hangover effect uh, as other teams. The Chiefs were in a similar boat, bringing back a lot of pieces, obviously from a much better offense than the Bills have. But, uh, you know, still, that all those factors, I, I think, should, you know, play into the Bills' hands. And they had a tendency last year to get off to slow starts in games. And I, I think a big part of, of this week will be not allowing that to happen, taking advantage of the fact that, you should be able to hit the ground running a little bit quicker uh, than the Jets and that, that your offense should have an edge. Uh, you know, finding a way to, to take advantage of that, especially playing at home, even without the crowd, uh, I think there are factors such as traveling and how strict the travel is this year that will take some getting used to for teams. Uh, and, and finding a way to jump on that early, I think, will be a huge thing for this offense. Yeah, no excuses whatsoever. This is this is a, a team that they should be able to take advantage of. I do wonder what the rushing attack will look like because when when you think about both uh, both Zach Moss and Devin Singletary and, and what they present to uh, to defenses and and how they might try to use them, I wonder. You know, I we always saw last year that that Brian Dable had a, had a vision in his mind of how to best attack a team on the ground. And, you know, if he was trying to rush to the, uh, rush to the boundaries, it usually, uh, included Devin Singletary. If he was trying to go between the tackles, it was Frank Gore. But then by the end of the year, Frank Gore was just a non-threat in the passing offense to where they couldn't even put him on the field as much as they would have wanted to. So that's what Zach Moss kind of fixes here. And I wonder what type of rushing attack the Bills will prioritize against this Jets defense. I, I do think the loss of C.J. Mosley could could bring a major impact to, to how exactly they go about this on Sunday. Because without him, they're, they're without their big downhill dumping linebacker that's probably their best run defender and in his place, their inside linebackers will be uh, Neville Hewitt and Blake Cashman, who are both undersized, speedier, but you know probably struggle at at the point of attack as opposed to Mosley. So I wonder if this is like a, a between the tackles type of game. I you know I don't know that it's necessarily going to phase out one running back or the other, but it just seems like, especially with. Um, how even Quinn and Williams struggled last year for the New York Jets. It seems like that physical downhill style that it could really try to, they could really try to take that to the Jets and just impose their will in that perspective. And uh, I wonder if, if uh, Mr. Moss is going to get uh, a legit amount of work on Sunday based on the opponent that they're going up against. Yeah, we already saw firsthand last year what CJ Mosley uh, what the difference is with that defense with him in there and not in there. Uh, you know, they, I, I don't think that was the sole reason why the bills came back in that game, but it played a part, um, you know, him exiting with injury sure. in, in the first, first half of that game. So I, I do think, you know, it's been a question that a lot of people have asked all off season is how they'll split up this backfield and what it will look like. And I do think Zach Moss won't have, um, you know, I don't think it'll be a case where they they're hesitant to put Zach Moss in. I think they'll be ready to to you know deploy him in certain spots. 
I think it's Singletary's backfield for the most part, but I do think there's going to be spots where they want to use Moss and, and give him a chance to get involved and get some confidence in these first few games because they're going to need him. They're going to need both of these guys to play the, the right matchups. And I know sometimes they're hesitant to put rookies in and, and different things like that, but I don't think that'll be the case. And I think he's, um, you know, he's set up to, to, to make some noise this weekend for sure. I, I think, you know, the running game in general, I think you noticed with the Chiefs last night, they ran the ball a lot. And that's sort of one way to, you know, mitigate the the issues with timing or whatever rust that you're feeling in the passing game, right? Uh, as you knock some of that off, if you can run the football, uh, there's, you know, a, a bigger margin for error, I feel like, when you're running the ball, right? You're, you're handing the ball off. Um, pretty simple. And I think... If you can effectively do that, obviously running into a you know two yard gain over and over again isn't going to do much for you. But it's a good way to get you know everybody settled in uh, on that side of the ball early in the game. They have the pieces to do it. They've got the offensive line to do it. Um, so I, I think it could be a, a pretty pretty healthy day on the ground for both of those backs. Yeah, you see, I. I... I remember the the whole thing about about rookies and them wanting to to bring them slow and I had it in my brain like yeah they 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 definitely do that with all the rookies and then I went back and looked at the the week one thing and I and I uh, last year against the Jets I went back and looked at the week one game book and just watching them say that Frank Gore was the starter and then Devin Singletary got the start and played 68% of the snaps so uh, you know you you uh you have to take some things that they say with a, with a grain of salt but I, I would expect, you know, even though Singletary, um, it, he has the year of experience ahead of him, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing is is close to, to 50-50 by the end of the year or even by the end of the game. I think those uh, those two guys in general um, will have, uh, will have a, a definitive impact on the offense in their own ways. And I don't necessarily, and I could definitely see them just spelling them after a couple of plays, I don't, I don't even know if it's a one drive in one drive out sort of thing. Like uh, some old bills teams used to do. I think those two guys, uh, they, they just want to get them involved and because they're going to be a big part of, uh, of the offense, the operation, because we do know Brian Dable wants to establish the run. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the prediction portion of the program, because I think we've been kind of trending in this way now from a bills perspective uh josh norman will likely not be playing in this game he uh, his hamstring injury after you know after he picked off a pass in one of the stadium practices he uh, he ended up hurting his hamstring missed eight straight practices tried to give it a go last week with some limited sessions even got on the field on monday but the last three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he is not practicing. So it looks like he will not be in the lineup. But that's basically it from a Bills perspective. It seems like they're pretty healthy otherwise. So when the Bills are taking on the Jets in this game, Matthew Fairburn, who do you have? Why? And I don't know if you want to get squirrely to throw throw a score out there. You know, give give the people what they want. Yeah, I think the Bills will win the football game. Uh, I'd be surprised if they didn't, uh, just given it's hard to trust the jets. Um, you know, we've talked, we've talked about, you know, some of the uncertainty, I guess, with what the bills are going to be and how they'll handle the expectations 
and the tougher schedule and just how good they are. But the Jets have had kind of a helter skelter off season, and uh, you know their their coach hasn't um, necessarily um, projected confidence uh, at all times, and you know they lost a few key players on defense. It just seems like everything is pointing towards the Bills being the better team on paper. That's why they're six and a half point favorites. I think there's a chance it could be closer than people would like. Uh, I think there's some people that probably are looking at this as a double digit win for the Bills, but you know they had a tendency last year to let some teams like this hang around for too long. And uh, until they show that next step in their growth of being able to, to really put those teams away, I'm going to say it's a, a little bit closer than people think. I'll say 23 to 17. So the, the Jets sneak in there and cover the spread. Well, look at you getting a, getting a backdoor cover for, for the Jets. I, I, I see you. I see you. All right. Um, I, I look at this matchup, and I know we didn't talk much about how the uh, the defense will fare against the, the Jets' offense and the impact of maybe – uh, a shortened cornerback room. So I don't really necessarily think it's going to be a huge issue for the Bills in this um, in this week in particular, because without Josh Norman, that means Levi Wallace is probably going to play. Um, got in a full practice on Thursday. It didn't seem like McDermott was overly concerned about it um, on Friday. So from that perspective, it seems like Levi will play, will likely start. Uh, the some people have concerns over the depth and whether they might need to call up one of those guys. I don't necessarily think that they need to, just because they like Saran Neal as a as a potential boundary cornerback if they if they need to use him if there's an injury. If there are two injuries, they still have Dean Marlowe there that they have shown comfortability with in uh, in using him as a nickel, and maybe they would put Taron Johnson at, to the to the boundary side, but that would be. Uh, that would be in a worst case scenario, and I, you know, I, they have gone dangerously thin at cornerback before to really enhance the rest of their roster and special teams specifically. So I would not be surprised if they do that again and stay away from burning one of their uh, call ups on either Cam Lewis or Dane Jackson. But from a defensive perspective, I don't know that it necessarily makes a difference because Denzel Mims is so inexperienced, really didn't get any practices in. Brashad Perryman has a, a lingering knee issue that uh, that is kind of a thing right now with the Jets. Chris Hogan just is Chris Hogan. He's 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 not that not that good anymore. Um, the guys to worry about are Jamison Crowder and Chris Herndon, and the Bills defend the tight end as well as anyone in the league. Uh, Jamison Crowder. They're going to give him all those catches like they did. Like, I remember <laughs> this quite vividly after the game when Leslie Frazier spoke with us after the Jets game. I think Crowder had something like 11 or 12 or 13 catches, something like that in that first game. And uh, he was like, yeah, congratulations on all the catches. But they wanted that. They wanted to siphon the ball to Jamison Crowder. So I would expect a, sort of a similar game plan to continue. But I do think this, this Bills defense should uh, – should control the line of scrimmage. And from that perspective, uh, I think that will set up the offense to be in some pretty good situations. I, I, I hear what you're saying about them not being able to put away teams like this, but I just don't think the Jets have a talented enough roster to compete in this in this game. I think 
defensively, they're going to struggle against Stefan Diggs and John Brown. I think their defensive line, their linebackers are going to struggle against the running backs. Uh, I am expecting a double-digit win from the Bills in this game. And I'll, I'll just give you the the score that uh, that I put in my prediction column at uh, at The Athletic. Uh, I've got the Bills winning 30-13 to 13 in this game. So I, I think they can soundly come away with a victory. Might be a little bit slow at the start, but I think – uh, I think this is a uh, a prime chance for Josh Allen to have a great runway into the rest of the season against a defense that is not as talented as the rest of the ones that he'll face along the way. So, so yeah, I've got I've got the Bills covering and winning by by a couple of touchdowns, which is kind of weird to say if I'm if I'm honest. I think the weird thing about this game, and I don't think it will be the case. In future games, once we get a better idea of you know how everything's working and, and what these teams look like, but for some reason heading into this game, I'm you know kind of what I mentioned about it favoring offenses, um, you know just mm-hmm. the situation. I'm more confident that the Bills' offense will be able to move the ball and put up points uh, against this defense. Not necessarily. I, I'm I'm not you know worried about the Bills' defense holding the Jets in check, but I could see there being moments where the Jets are able to move the ball on them just because of everything I mentioned. And I think Sam Darnold is, um, you know, a good enough quarterback and he's got enough pieces to move the ball a little bit. And I think, you know, it's possible that for some defenses, it takes a a few weeks to get uh, everything totally locked in. And so I don't think that'll be the case most weeks where we're a little bit more confident in the Bills offense uh, than, than the defense, but that's right. for some reason how I'm feeling heading into this one. And I do think it'll be um, a pretty comfortable win, um, but I could see the, the Jets tightening that tightening the score a little bit at the end as, as tends to happen in the NFL from time to time. I mean, it's, I'll tell you what, Sunday is going to be something that we never forget because it is the not only such a such a big season. I, I we're not going to remember it for that. It's going to be the only time, hopefully, in our careers that sports got so shut down because of a pandemic, to where now we're going into the first game of the season after no preseason games, where not a single fan will be in attendance. It's going to be like a class A high school championship game <laughs> at uh, at at Bill Stadium what they do in November and December for the high school teams usually. There's going to be nobody there and uh, it's it's going to be absolutely wild, memorable and you know, it, I know how much it means to fans to be able to to be at the stadium, but it's it's one of those things where I'm looking forward to seeing just how it looks, how it feels, how it sounds, all of these different things. I mean, it's it's uh, it's going to be weird for sure. I'm not looking forward to how it sounds because if it's anything like that piped in crowd noise they had during the scrimmage, then my head's going to explode during the game. Well, the, uh, the train horn's going to be back. The train horn will be back. I'm sure they'll play the shout song. Um, it oh, will yeah, be, without question. It will be, assuming they score points, uh, you know, which, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but um, yeah, it is. It will be one of those those strange uh, happenings. Even last night, there was you know seventeen thousand fans 
in the stands, uh, you know, at Arrowhead Stadium. So you had at least some of the aesthetic that you're used to, not quite, um, you know, what, yeah. what you'd normally get, but completely empty. I mean, that's not even the high school football games, you know, like yeah. completely empty is yeah. um, practice, essentially. Uh, so it will be it'll be interesting. And last night seems to have indicated that it won't impact the product dramatically. So fingers crossed, uh, the, the bills and jets aren't exactly, uh, the chiefs and Texans, but, um, the bills are supposed to be in that tier. So we'll see how, how they come out uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Last night was fun. It, it was definitely fun. And, um, you know, I'm sure we've, we all had our doubts whether or not the, the season would be here, but it's here and it is, it is diving headfirst into another push toward the playoffs. Um, for, for the Buffalo Bills here. So should be uh, exhilarating on Sunday to see if the Bills can actually live up to the expectations of maybe even a, a big week one win. All right, Matthew Fairburn, uh, any fond words of farewell? I will just let people know that I've got a story that just posted on Tyler Bass and the, the challenges of being a rookie kicker on a team that is not going to really – you know, have much room for error for him to, you know, get his, get, get used to it. Um, and always, of course, we encourage people to read our work, but anybody who listens to the podcast, there's an Easter egg in there for you. And that's all I'll say. Ooh. Oh, you did not. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, uh, we all know. We already know. And people are going to run and just find the Easter egg. They're going to control F that thing. And, and uh, we're we're gonna well I'm I'm in, interested to to see <laughs> how how you wove this Easter egg in there. Um, all right, so you can you'll be able to read Matthew Fairburn's Easter egg laden piece at theathletic.com. And uh, right now, if you go to theathletic.com/slash the Buffalo Beat, you you can get yourself a deal and uh, be able to subscribe. Uh, for a for a lower price than what uh, we usually are offering so uh, by all means head over there you can get all the stuff from all the roster related stuff for me all the feature stuff from uh, Matthew Fairburn and and you know Tim Graham had a Muhammad Ali story that he's been working on for a couple of months in there uh, John Vogel just posted this great feature on Jack Eichel and him going through um, him going through the uh, the youth hockey system out in Boston. Um, it's a lot of good stuff from a Buffalo perspective and anything you want nationally too. There's, there's so much, uh, great stuff. So just go to theathletic.com slash the Buffalo beat and subscribe today. All right. For Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Piscalia. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Buffalo beat. And we will talk to you about this after the game on Sunday. See you then.